0: Fans. Now you too can look as cool as Monty and the Pharaoh by wearing the official Monty and the Pharaoh sunglasses at night for $8.99 each. That's only $8.99 each. Now available at montyandthefaro.com. We know what you're thinking. Did they fire off six fascinating points of interest or only five? Well, to tell you the truth, in all the excitement of watching and listening to Long Island's number one wrestling podcast, I've actually forgotten myself. But being this is the Monty and the Pharaoh, from Indie Music Studios in Ron Conkerman. And the fact that they were talking to yet another champion wrestling star, one of the most powerful and talented performers from the wrestling franchise, and not to forget, well-informed and provocative interview questions asked and answered. It was such an interesting and entertaining hour, the questions nearly blew your head clean off. Now you've got to ask yourself a question. Do I feel lucky? <laughs> Do ya, punk? What? yeah no i'm yeah i'm behaving myself I'm, no i'm not playing in abandoned buildings what again now i suppose you had those people follow me again okay. fine hey this is jimmy farrow from monty and the pharaoh and i want to thank all our subscribers we have now passed fourteen thousand on our youtube channel But I want to ask our subscribers to take the next step for us and become a full-fledged member of Monty and the Pharaoh. Yeah, that's right, folks. There's three different levels to choose from. There's free shirts. There's free autographs. Just check it out and become a member of Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty and the Pharaoh. Later.
1: All through the night, I wanted and waited to
2: F- fake news. Mm. Boston wrestling is fake news.
0: Divided with all to wait for you, holding it together, just like a desert flower waiting on the
2: Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it used to be in one horse, no one sleigh. Hey. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it used to be in a one-horse open sleigh. Dancing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh. Over here we go, laughing all the way. Ha, <laughs> Bells and bar ring, making spirit wise. Oh, what fun it used to be in a one-horse open sleigh. Hey, Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. I'll tell you, I'm half Santa and have I'm time. Santa Helper. I'm the I'm the 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 what? Elf. I'm a elf. Elf. <laughs> now y'all ain't never seen an elf look like me before. You wait till I get in that six pack you're really gonna see something. But Larry told me I can't tape and have my beard too, because then I really talk talk real, real <laughs> crazy and everything. Well this is a good time of the year. You know we don't we don't have a beautiful year. We went through a whole lot. And what we're gonna do here? We got some questions. This is question and answer. It. And Mister Larry gonna ask me some questions, and and uh, I'm gonna answer questions. Now while Larry is busy with the question, I'm gonna get myself a little Christmas, a little Christmas gift. Ah. Uh, Oh yeah! Now I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. Clutchy just gave Tony some kicks to the face. Tony is a happy man now. Clutchy kicked you in the face too, but she used spikes on other people. She used sneakers on me, but other people's kicking the face. She used football cleats. I'm gonna try that. <laughs> I'm gonna try the football cleats probably next week. Y'all right in and say we want to see Clutchy kick Tony with uh, football cleats. Tony, I'll do it. No, um, you oh, wait, a minute, wait a minute. No. on the second Tuesday of next week.
1: You, yeah, no, I don't want your there's, feet, Larry. There's no, there's no, 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 I'll let her do it to me on the second Tuesday of next week. There is no two Tuesdays of night. Oh, anyway. my goodness, I want to see that. Did you hear what I said? I though? did. I let right. you won't get I mean, kicked in the face. I want mean, to see you. It ain't never gonna happen, Tony. <laughs> I just suck.
2: <laughs> there ain't <laughs> never gonna be two Tuesdays in one week, Larry. You're a tough man, you can take it, baby. Yeah, you're not a wimp. Okay, good. what is up uh, now? Marty and the Farrell. Who is the people that helped put us together uh uh for us. Uh was it why they was uh send us some questions. And this is Christmas week, so I'm gonna give a gift to all the people that watch Marty and the Pharaoh and the Tuesday with with Tony show. And we're gonna take this time to answer some questions. That way they keep keeping from babbling all night long. Okay, Larry, what the first question and who is it from? The first question is from Ashley Neubauer.
1: Ashley Newbauer. And her question is, Tony, did you ever date a
2: female wrestler? Did I ever date a female wrestler? The question is no. Here's the reason why. Back in my day, uh, the Fabulous Moolah out of Columbus, South Carolina, she was in charge of all the wrestlers. Well, the girls that dated wrestlers, uh, I hate saying this, they used to call them arena rats. Uh, the the, the wrestlers, they had a girlfriend in every town. When they went to Charleston, South Carolina, they had a girl that they lay with in Charleston, South Carolina. They went to Charlotte, North Carolina. There was a girl there. Raleigh was a girl there. So most of the, the wrestlers back then was kind of like sailors. You know, you had a girl in, in every port. So uh, M- Mula did not want the wrestling girls to fool around with the wrestlers because what ended up happening, she would get a bad name. There was an old saying in wrestling, telephone, telegraph, and wrestler. Once that girl been with one of the wrestlers, all the wrestlers knew. And so when this wrestler is not booked on that car, the guys would try to be with that girl. So no, I, I never date none of the uh wrestling uh our girl. And another thing that kept me from dating the wrestling girl, most of the wrestling girls was white and back in the 70s and stuff when I first started, that was uh, taboo, you know, to be with a white girl back in the 70s and early 80s was not the most popular thing for uh, a wrestling, I don't know about other sports, but in the wrestling business, the promoter said, "Uh, once you do this, not only the white people would would dislike you for it, that the the, the black people would dislike it, they feel that now that you're on top and making money, that you feel like you're too good, you're too good to be with A black girl, and so I had to stay away from. Them. But Mula was the real reason why I never dated a, 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 a wrestler because she kept the wrestlers separated from the male wrestler in order for them to keep their uh, reputation. I saw that later. When I saw Undertaker and uh, Michelle McCool, you know, date and eventually I believe they got married, and they have, you know. But that was the first time I saw it. It's been up until the nineties. I mean, two thousand. You know, it was on here I mean, even in the eighties, uh, they they didn't date. Next question, Mister uh, Huntley. Mister Huntley. Mister Huntley. Let's you see. Got to get kicked in the face by Koochie. Yeah. Good.
1: Oh, yeah, the next one is from Avi Klein, AVI. I don't know if that's a male or a female. I apologize. Uh, the question is What is your relationship with Mark Henry?
2: My relationship with Mark Henry is very, very, very good. Me and uh, I, I didn't know much about Mark Henry when I first, in 2006 when I first went there to get inducted in the WWE Hall of Fame. But uh Mark Henry was one of the people that uh uh really felt good. Uh I remember watching the tape and I saw this tape of Mark Henry sitting in the audience with a big smile on his face telling me to take my jacket off. Oh, yeah. Take my job. I mean that 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 scene was a scene uh to remember. And then me and Mark Henry we rolled up and down the uh the highway together uh, for uh, uh, a couple of years. And the amazing thing about Mark Henry that a lot of people don't know, Mark Henry is a type of person that will study something first. He never going into anything blandly. You know, he would study it. I would sit and have conversations with Mark Henry. In fact, Larry, you remind me a lot. Of Mark Henry, with your knowledge of the history of the business. You know, most of us old-timers figure, well, you know, you ain't been around long enough to know, not to care. But it's wrong. But I met Mark Henry Larry Huntley in the same way. I was setting to have a conversation with Larry Huntley or Mark Henry about wrestling in the old days, and I sound like I'm talking to somebody from that period. Mark he didn't understand the old and the new. We, he could tell me about Killer Kowalski. He could tell stories about, you know, just like he was there, because it was something. He's the type of person that that once you tell him to do something, he put one percent of his ability into it. Now, a lot of times, <coughs> I know they would ask Mark to do something. He didn't. He didn't like it, but he did it anyway. And I told Mark, I said, yeah, they tried trying to get me to do that. I told them no. <laughs> <laughs> I, said, I wasn't going to do that, Mark. And then Mark looked at me and said, well, that's why you ain't working here no more. <laughs> 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 Everybody let you go. But there was a lot of stuff that they asked Mark Henry to do. And Mark knew that he shouldn't have been, been doing it. He knew it didn't make him look good. But Mark Henry is a businessman. He's a busy man. If Vince asked him to do something, he did it, whether he liked it or not. He may say something about it or something, but he would not walk out on that. He had a big burden on his shoulder. Mark Henry was the first outside of Ernie Ladd, other than Ernie Ladd and S.D. Jones. Mark Henry was the first top black wrestler for the WWE that didn't screw up. That didn't screw up. I screwed up. Rocket screwed up. Uh, SD didn't. Uh, Junk Y'all Dog screwed up. That's why they didn't make him champion. So a lot of us, we did things that that really kept Vince from pushing up as far as he did. Mark Hitton never did nothing wrong. Never did. He hate being late. He hate being late. He said, I never want to be late for a show. So I told Mark one time, I said, Mark, you are the first black wrestler that Vince used on top that didn't screw up his job. And he, and that was a burden that he had to carry, not to, he didn't. He said, he said, yeah, I, I didn't want to do what you wrestling guys do. He said, a lot of times they tell me do stuff that I don't want to do, but I swallow it and I do it anyway. So I got a very, very good relationship Markin. i got a great deal of respect for him he's a great 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 friend and a good family man i mean he he was always on the phone maybe be texting or calling his wife or talking about his kid Every, the last time i saw Markin was at a convention not too long ago and the first thing he did was pull out his phone and started telling me what his what his son is doing, you know. Yeah. He's so proud of his uh of his family. He's always talking about family. Great guy, great relationship. I'm I'm just happy that I got to meet Mark Henry. Are you still in touch with him? Well, I I talk to Mark Henry on a regular basis. Mark Henry told me if I don't call him at least once a month, he's gonna beat my butt. So every <laughs> month, every month, the 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 big help here, brother. <laughs> I call that Mark Henry, brother. Let me tell you, no know Mark Henry, that Mark Henry, said, if I don't call it. I can't get no. <laughs> okay, what's the next question? All right. The next
1: question is from Natalie Lashman. Natalie Lashman. Yep. And her question is We always want to hear about the Von Eric issues, especially Carrie, but also David and Kevin. What issue? The drugs and uh, the. Uh, erratic behaviors, and did you have any issues with that? I've heard
2: stories. Well, let me put it this way. Um, I don't want to talk about drugs and just you, Devon Erks. Drugs really came into business with them football players. When I first started, remember what I told you what it was? It was beer, whiskey, and tobacco. That's what it was. Johnny Weaver, t- a red man, Chaganooga Chew, packed blue River beer. Tony Atlas was the beer. Tommy Wildfire Ritz maybe smoked a little bit of weed. Tony Atlas smoked a little bit of weed, but it was nothing stronger in the, bu- in the business than a joint. That was it. Then the football players came in with the pills. They did before the cocaine. Yala jackets. Black beauty, did you call it? Percocet. Perchodic. All these oh, that's where all the drugs came in. But it started with the, all the guys that play professional football. Because they was using the, the, they were using these horse pain pills, that opium. In football, yeah, they would tell me story. Ernie Lamb would tell me a story. Who played football? Who told me story? Black Jack Monica told me story. You got hurt in a football game back then. They would wrap you up, pop one of them pills in you. You go out on the court. So then, when these guys came out of professional football into pro wrestling, they brought the drugs with them. So every time people talk about the wrestlers and the drug, but there would be if, if the football players had never got into wrestling, there would never be no drugs into wrestling. And then eventually more and more wrestlers use it. Never when somebody said, Well, tell me about the Von Earth using drugs. Well, I can't tell you about the Von Earth using drugs when I didn't myself. I can't tell you about, about this guy using drugs when I didn't myself. Drugs all of a sudden became the new pain pill. See, as a wrestler, if I book you for six shows, and you get hurt on the third show, you still got you still owe me three more matches. And if you don't for, if you don't wrestle them three more matches, I'm going to replace you, not me, you know, the promoter. And that's how the business was. Even when you hurt, you had to go into the ring. Being hurt was no excuse. No excuse. When I broke my hand and I had to wrestle Ken Patrol for the Mid Atlantic Championship, I didn't miss not one day. I had a broken hand. I still made the show. When I broke my neck, I only missed three days. There were the three days I was in the hospital. Once I got out of the hospital, how your neck told I said a little bit stiff, so We're good, you can work. Just tell the guy be careful with the neck. Right no, don't take any crazy bumps or anything. I said, Don't worry, I don't take any bumps. Yeah. Yeah, but it didn't matter. How you feel? Oh, I think I crack a rib. Oh good. Uh, uh, you're gonna live. You're on third match. Yeah. yeah. It didn't matter if you was hurt. Because the fans they didn't have the internet and ways of letting the fans know about uh or let the fan know anything so when the fans got there all they know they paid to see tony atlas they they paid to see junk y'all dog they paid to see hulk Hogan. that's all they know there was no internet no way of the promoter let the fan know you know uh why this wrestler don't show up so the wrestler have to be there even if you can't wrestle just come and set by ringside but but no, you could not miss a show just because you, you are injured. So I don't want to uh, talk about, I, I like uh, the Von Erk family. They was always real good to me, always treated me like gold. You know, they, they made me a uh, champion when I was working f- uh, working for the, uh, uh, uh in that area. And they treated me real good. Me and, me and uh, Kevin was real good friend. Me and Curb was real good friend. And the Von Erk didn't do no more drugs to Tony Atlas or anybody else did. So, no, I just don't want to talk about Von Earth drug problem, when at that time, about 70% of the wrestlers had drug problems. Did you notice any other erratic behavior from them? Because they they were known for doing some weird stuff. Well, you know, when I first started in the business, if you wasn't weird, <laughs> you, were, you was in the wrong business. I mean, we all did weird stuff. That's why all the guys love me so much, because of my shoe fatties. You know, I used to get walked on in parking lots, (laughs) in the snow, Uh, just all kind of way. I used to get a guy to get a manager, a female manager. I would do something to her just so she'd kick me in the face, you know. Uh, That was just us. And the boys love it because we gave each other, we entertained each other. So when you was reared, all the guys want to be around because they know they'll get some entertainment out of you. You know what I'm saying? The guys see me, they know they'll get some girl to kick me in the face. They would really used a get girl like SD. would go to a bar, boss man, boss man, boss man. Look at a nice shoe. She got it. You like them shoes, boss man? Look at them shoes, boss man. Look at them shoes, boss <laughs> man. SD didn't want to see the girl if, with some excitement. So the girl was like walking on me. She's like stomping on me, punching on me and stuff. Yeah. 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 Give it to him, Give it to
1: him, <laughs> Give it to him. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh, this is great. Hey, guys. Yo. Yo. Hey. Hey. Come here. Tony doing the shoes. Tony doing the shoes. Tony. Show him. Do that job, honey. Honey. Give, give him a couple of kicks. Give him a couple of kicks. So the guy was all running into the room. The girl would come in. Give me a couple of kicks in the face. You know. And the boy would go, oh, great. Great. Oh, fantastic. She hit that bell. That hurt like that. <laughs> I, I hurt your foot, you <laughs> felt that bell. She didn't feel nothing. <laughs> she hit, kicked my head. That damn bell went into my head. That was fantastic. I would have a little round bell in my head there. But the boys would love it. They would love it. Now, another guy had something else weird about it. So, all the guys said, Hey, so and so is doing this. Oh, wow, look, I got to see this. I heard about it. i never seen it. So then, the guy would go to the room. What we entertain each other. That's why we always made these jokes. You know, I know every black joke in the world, and how I learn them. The wrestler had a thing they were called testing you to see if you one of the boys because we had to try we've other. So you got something about you that that something about you that going to piss people off. The wrestlers wanted to know. So they would come and they would tell me black jokes. At one time, I got mad about it. And uh, Thunderbolt Powers couldn't take it. When they make a black joke around Thunderbolt, Thunderbolt wanted to fight everybody. Let me fix my hat there. Oh, yeah, that look cooler there. Now, now it look real cool. I'm like, I'm from the hood now, baby. <laughs> from the hood. That that hood look, that you know, hanging inside right here. Yeah, man. I'm laying back that mingling. You understand me? I'm going to you understand you? You know, and so <laughs> something is wrong with me, you know. <laughs> and for real, huh? Yeah, even Kluchi says something is wrong with me. It's nothing new. It's nothing new. Kluchi said, Tony, there's something wrong with you. Something is seriously wrong with me. But I'm not weird. This is normalcy. This is what everybody should do. And that's what's wrong with the world now. There's not enough coochie, anyway. See that? Look at that. Ain't that beautiful? Ain't that lovely? <laughs> oh, dippity dah dippity yay. oh, my. What a wonderful day. See? But I'm having fun. I'm enjoying myself. And that's what wrestlers do. We learn to entertain ourselves. <laughs> <I> oh, <don't> no. <know. laughs> There was a lot of guys that I shared a room with that I was look over and he was enjoying himself by himself many a night. I'll be sitting over there trying to sleep and some wrestler is laying over in the bed. Uh, uh, there's nobody there but him. He had to create his own fun (laughs) (laughs) He was enjoying himself He was a good fan Oh yeah And and some of the things that I've seen guys do for enjoyment And you know it's kind of like being a trucker You're on the road All the time Constantly on the road, but anyway, what's the next question, Larry? Before next I get to question, it, please. I already know the answer, but I want to say it so just so they don't. All that that's about the Von went from the shoes
1: to the yes yeah. and the desk. Uh, Evan Ginsberg, your thoughts on the documentary 350 Day" is what it says. Never heard of it. It's a it's a it's a documentary about the old wrestlers and the fact that they were on the road
2: three hundred and fifty days a year. Was- oh, okay, now I see, but I never heard of about okay. it. That's my first. Well, hey, that was true, because the only time we got off was Christmas. From the 15th to the 25th, we was off. The rest of that, we were seven days a week. And that is true. 355 days, not 350, 355 days a week. We, uh, uh, we was only off for 10 days. The whole year, mm-hmm. ten days for the whole year, and in some territory you was only off for nine days because they had a Christmas show. A lot of, a lot of, business, a, a lot, lot, of of lot of the, of the, the territory Christmas. we have. You have to rest, and on in a Thanksgiving show, yeah. You know, so Mid Atlantic had a huge Mid Atlantic had a that's Thanksgiving a show. Texas had a Thanksgiving was it, was show. That Starcade Thanksgiving yep. night. It was Thanksgiving, yep. and so the holidays, the holidays was not holidays for us. So that's why we got so crazy because we had to find ways every day to uh, to entertain entertain ourselves. We was constantly looking for something. So if a guy is crazy, we want to hang around him. You know? I, I, I go to a bar, even now, I, I go somewhere, hey, Tony, what do you think of them shoes? Even now? Yeah. The old-timers, you know? You know, you hear a Punk that they were talking about my shoe fatted. Every time you have a guy talk, because they want to tell all the weirdness mm-hmm. that that uh, that guy did. I, like I said, I knew guys that like to get wealth and all type of, of stuff, you know. But guys were just crazy. Some of the craziness was dangerous. Like Ronnie Garvin would come up behind you, put the bump of his car behind you, and start pushing you down the highway at eighty miles per hour. That was dangerous. But to Ronnie, it was funny as hell. Wow. You know, Ronnie thought it was freaking great. But the guy would try to entertain himself on the road. You know, on the highway, they'd be just doing crazy stuff going at her like getting back to Vaughn Earth. Kevin did one thing; you just scared the daylights out of me. I used to ride with Kevin Vaughn Earth, and he always wraps up barefooted. Yeah, he would lay back in his seat and take his feet and drive with it, and put his arm behind his head just like that. Oh, him. yeah, driving with his feet.
1: Holy, but man. he
2: could do it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was easy in Texas go all the roads are straight. Mm-hmm. Everything everything is flat. So, yeah, but I, I've seen a lot of a lot of craziness. In fact, if you wasn't crazy, wrestling was not the business for you. You was in the wrong business. All right. What was the next one? Oh, there we go. Uh
1: the next one is from Larry Huntley. Oh. I have a question. Go ahead. I hear people say all the time that Chief J was not a Native American. He was a Native American He was in And But you've always told me, and I want to clear this up on here, He's a that, he was, that he was half Native American half and half Italian.
2: Italian. Yeah, but and everybody but, claims yeah.
1: he was just Italian. No, 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 okay. no. no, no. He, he
2: got adopted. He had his paperwork okay. and, and uh, 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 everything else. But I came along across. Is, is there any more questions? Oh, yeah. Oh, I got questions. Okay. one's yeah. from
1: uh, Let's see. Chris Lee. Do you think Marty Janetti's drug issues is behind Shawn Michaels passing him by? They broke him up, and then Shawn Michaels went on to be the, the bigger
2: star. No. No. Okay. No. No. What happened was, I was not there, so I couldn't tell you exactly what exactly happened, but I don't think that his uh, drug problem, he, uh, Marty told me the story. I just forgot. Uh, all the details of, uh, of what he told me. They got in a fist fight or something. Yes. Yeah, yeah, they, they got into the a big argument, they got into the a fist fight over something. And so they decided to keep uh, Shawn Michael and get rid of Amada Genetic. But I, I don't think his drug problem uh, had uh, anything to do with it because during that time, I don't know who was in the WWF at that time that didn't do drugs. Yeah. So they all want to point at this guy, that guy, that guy, but you look like at 90% of guys were, were stoned, like Jake the Snake, Tony Abner, yeah. Jumpy All Dog. We all were fucking doing something. Yeah. You know, and it started like, like it really, the drugs really started the drugs and the 90s. It where the drugs really hit the business real big. I said the late 80s, early 90s. During the 70s, not so much, but I would say when the eighties hit, that when the, the cocaine and the pills started coming in in eighties, the and then by the nineties it was off the off the chart, brother. Right. You know, I mean, just by everybody in the dressing room was stoned. I remember one day on the came into the dressing room and nobody nobody at, could, could get no drugs. So everybody was sitting in the dressing room like this, <laughs> just like this. So Scholar said. Oh well, I guess nobody got it and called the gimmick. Yeah, nobody got no gimmick tonight. He said, "Yeah, we get." I remember I told you Tito Santana was in the dress room, and Barnett, Jim Barnett, the promoter said, "Oh my boy, we need to get him on some dope so he can go in the rain and go and go wild like wildfire." <laughs> the promoter actually, <laughs> you know, it was okay because God needed it to wake up mm-hmm. because when you drive five, six hours, you know, ten hour trip. Yeah and Russell, You know, after a while, the body starting to wear that. Oh, yeah. And so you get tired, but the motor want that same energy night after night after night after night. He want that same uh, uh, energy out of you. So, yeah. Uh, no, I, I don't think his drug problem had anything to do with it. I think there was a... a uh, that Shawn Michael just decided to go on his own. Kind of like what Diana Ross did with the Supreme. Yeah. Like Michael Jackson did to his brothers, you know. All right, let's see.
1: The next question, uh, was Nick Barkwinkle overrated?
2: No, I think Nick Barkwinkel was, was was underrated. Nick Barkwinkle was a champion of champion. He dressed like a champion, carried himself like a champion, could work with anybody, had the look, great workup. everybody. The only thing that did between Nick uh, uh him, he didn't get the uh the, the the he wasn't around with when the when the when the big push came yeah. kind of like the Harley race yeah I mean the only guy that came out of that era that was still around when the big um cable and everything here yeah. was like Rick Flair yeah that way everybody know Rick but Rick all of us dress up Nick Bob, Rick. He, he was he was not overrated he was underrated like Wahoo McDonald. that's why I like doing these program, so I could talk about some of these people that are. That, that, uh, that I wrestled with and, and worked with that I thought was the best that ever were. Just before the Bret Hart, you know, all these guys. Some of these guys were so outstanding that I wish you could fan tapes of them. Right. But most of the shows were not taped. You know, no, I, I don't think Nick Bachwinger was uh, uh, overrated. If anything, he was underrated. Okay, let's see. I have
1: a question from William Murdoch. He wants to know about any stories about your relationships with Don Morocco and Andre
2: the Giant. Yes. I probably told this one time before about uh, Mr. Fuji. I think I told that story. he the him the, the roadkill. Oh, Yes. Yeah, that was over Don Morocco. Morocco took care of me and in, uh uh in uh, Japan. Now, there was one thing about Morocco. I don't know if I should tell it or not, but <laughs> he probably would my butt if I tell it, but I, I'm going to tell it anyway. Morocco used to like to set, get the bed. I share a room. But he liked the bed next to the wall. And he respected Oysters on the wall and wa- watch them drip down. Yeah. Gross. Yes. The next morning you see all these little lands of uh, uh phlegm. I mean the thick <laughs> stuff. It'd be all over the wall. Don't do that? I don't know why, but 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 he will. I'm but not the not only sure. problem the only problem with done. You bumped into something again. <laughs> Damn, you clumsy son. The only problem with Don not to talk about Don Maraca. Don was a heel, so we didn't spend that much time together. When we shared a room, I would go check in room. Don would slip into the room, and that's how we would, we would share a room. But uh, he took real good care of me and uh, the Aaron Sheep. And black wrestlers when they first went to uh, 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 Japan, and he was a good friend of mine, you know. But but we didn't really hang out, really, 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 uh, 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 that much because, like I say, you you couldn't hang out with the with the bad guys back in them days. You know, sometimes we would slip in each other's room if somebody had a little dope or something. You know, he had the best way of smuggling pot that I ever seen. He would buy protein Mm cans, take all the protein out. Put the dope in the bottom. Put a fake lid, a fake, a fake <laughs> bottom. Yep. The bottom was fake, yep. and put the protein back. So even <laughs> if you dump the protein powder out, when you look in, you see it look empty because <laughs> he would, it'd be a fake. Yep. And, and when he done it in Japan, I go. So but he took be me in. in Japan because yeah, then, uh... and, and that was really the only time where I really spent any time with Star Morocco, believe it or not, but just that one time in, in Japan, I wrestled against him a thousand times. But like I said, we it's hard when somebody asks us about the old time heels because we were not allowed to be right n- to be around them guys. You'll lose your job. So yeah. if I they Yeah, everything was K they, they were so sold down protected of the business, you know. How was he to work? Morocco was a good performer, a good worker. Just don't piss him off. He was strong as a bull. He looked it naturally, just naturally, His chest was a natural freaking brute. Yeah. Had shoulders like freaking cannonballs, you know. And when you grab a hold of it, it, felt like you were grabbing over of, of a rock. That's saying something. I mean, yeah, camp. Morocco was a powerful, powerful, powerful man. And some nights, if you work gently with Morocco, he worked gently with you. You get rough with Morocco, he get rough with you. So it depends on how you how you handle yeah. Morocco. But yeah, I, I think I told a story about Mr. Fuji yes. taking that roadkill kill and yeah. cooking it to yeah. get even for people that were picked on the uh picked on yeah. Uh I hadn't seen him in year. I know he got his a program um uh, talk and, and one time he was talking about me, I saw him in there. said I dropped him or something. I I think he got me mixed um misplaced with someone else. Because everybody I pressed up, I never dropped anybody. But he said he got hurt in the ring with me one time, but I I can't remember that happening. It may have, I may have been stoned one night, and and don't remember, but I I just don't remember that story. Any more questions over that? Andre the Giant. Well, most of the stories I got with Andre, I already told. Uh, He asked the question. How about about working with, with Andre? I wrestle Andre the Giant as my tag team partner, and I wrestled him for the first time in my life as my opponent. Wrestling Andre was like wrestling a double door refrigerator. Andre moved when Andre wanted to move. Andre did what Andre wanted to do. If Andre don't want to do something, Andre's not going to do it. And there ain't nothing that anybody, including Tony Adams, don't care how big, bad, and tough you thought you were. If Andre didn't want to do it, it ain't going to happen. He was the most amazing, amazing, amazing individual I've met in my life. But he liked me. The reason he liked me so much I used to go up to Andre and I go, hey Andre, my arm is bigger than yours. You got small arms. My arm's bigger than yours." He loved that. I never understood that until later in his life. And he told me this. He said, I would give... No, he didn't tell me a guy. What was the guy named... Uh, his name was White, too. He was a referee. W- Tim. Tim White. He said, I would give all the money I have made in this business to be you for one day. For one day. Not to be the oddity. Andre always felt like a gorilla in a cage. People always gawked at him. They always talked about his side. And I never called him big. That's why he liked me. I kept telling Andre I was bigger than him. So that made Andre feel good. Because I told him that I got bigger arms than him, which I didn't. But I told Andre that <laughs> and, and because Andre said all he want to do is to fit in. <laughs> so if you treated Andre like a regular person and don't mention his side, he would love you to death. But if sooner you say, oh, man, look how big his hands is. Look how big this is. You, you, you are. Uh, what do you say? You, you, you. Yeah. Uh, iso- yeah isolating him. He always wanted to be one of the boys. He always wanted wanted to uh, 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 fit in, you know. And he protects his friend, too. He, he protects his friend. I, I probably told this story before, i tell it again. You know, Dick Murdoch, I lost my passport over in uh, Japan. Dick Murdoch and all the white wrestlers running around t- calling me a, a dumb nigger and all this stuff, the dumb this or dumb that. So Andre didn't like it. So when Murdoch got on the bus, Andre told me to come and sit beside him. He said, hey, Murdoch got on the bus. He said, hey, Murdoch, I hear you lost your passport too. And Murdoch said, yeah, I lost my passport. And then He said, hey, Murdoch, that now we know we got two dumb niggas on the bus. You understand? So he called Murdoch a dumb nigger. And Murdoch was the type of guy well-known in the rest of the business that didn't care much for people like me. You know, he was affiliated with the KKK and all this stuff. But he didn't like the idea of Murdoch saying this stuff about me because I lost my passport. So Andre decided that he's going to stand up for me. I tagged him with Andre, with Ken Patel and Big John Stubb. And uh, Vince McMahon got the idea to call John Stubb the jank. Oh. Yeah, the jank. All oh. oh, that pissed Andre out. Andre said, no, he not jank. Only one joint, Andre. Only joint. So I'm wrestling with Ken Patera and them out there, and I got Ken Patera in the in in the headlock. So Patera reached over and tagged John Studd Stu stepped through the rope before Stu could get he. Stu reached out to get me. The ring started vibrating. <laughs> I thought it was an earthquake or something. I said, I, I, I asked uh, John Stu. I said. What the hell is that, John Stud said? It's Andre. <laughs> it's Andre. Andre came in the way, like so pounded the hell out of, uh, uh, uh bit John Stud. The match was over. The match was over. You know, and a lot of guys try to do things that they have never been and never will be anything on their like Andre. So that wasn't John Stud's idea. No, no, it was it was he bench. took a beating
1: for something that wasn't even his idea. Uh,
2: yeah. And Vince when, knew it. Was Vince Ribbon? John Vince, Vince didn't give a shit. Okay. would well, Vince care about what happened to a wrestler. Well, when did, why, when did Vince McMahon ever care about a wrestler? He didn't care. Okay. He didn't care. Either way or another Vince, I don't think there's a wrestler walking the face of the earth that Vince McMahon ever cared about. Only what you could do for Vince. If you can make Vince money, it's great. If you can't make Vince no money, Vince would do everything in his power to destroy you. In fact, Vince would fire you, right? Another promoter want to use you. Vince would do everything in his power to keep you from working for that other promoter. He could give a red ass if you starved to death. He don't care. Mm. He, It had never been a wrestler that Vince McMahon Jr. ever cared about. Not never. It never will be. To us, we did something for him to make money with. Token. Okay, that, that's right. He could give, he could give a rat ass about me or anybody walking the face of the freaking earth. You know, if, if he did, he wouldn't do guys the way they did. You know he he, he fired guy for no reason. He don't have to have a reason. He just tired of looking at you. Gotta go. I don't like looking at you no more. He don't care nothing about the wrestler. If he cares about the wrestler, he would put a wrestler under contract where you can't work for no one else, where you can't do anything, and won't let you do nothing. See Vince like closure where he finished with you. He wants you to be finished gone. You know? They might put a lot of guys in after they're dead so they're not giving no ring. He never cared about any rest of the walk the face of the earth. Never. That's the last question. He don't last... care about the world there or none. They're only stupid to think he do. Yeah. Vince don't give a shit about nothing but Vince. Vince only care about Vince. What? I don't even think he love his family. Wow. I don't. I don't think Vince loves anything. I don't think Vince is capable of loving. Wow. I think he's a very angry, miserable, son of the bitch. He's a, he's a miserable old man. He's sitting looking at himself in the mirror every day. His neck—well, he he looked good for he looked good for Thanksgiving. You know all, all that, all that, all that all them wrinkles hanging down on the bottom of neck with that turkey. That you old know, turkey neck—he got that beak too. Look like that man. That look. hes not like good. You know that wrinkles like that. Come on, Vince called, Come on, man. Be the man, ugly as shit, man, Vince called. Look how ugly he is! Come on, Vince he's go. ugly. He's ugly and old. Oh. Can't get it up no more. Come on, <laughs> what do you mean he's the genetic
1: jackhammer?
2: That's what he used to say on Raw. Yeah, right.
1: Check him. Yeah, he
2: couldn't wh- <laughs> whoop away in a wet paper bag. Can I ask a question? Everything he ever got, he got from his his his, his father, yeah. and it wasn't for uh 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 what's his name uh the singer there. He'd be broke It wasn't for uh, Fat Domino. Really? Yeah. His father had a, a, a shop, a club in uh, Washington D.C. Okay. And uh, he opened up a club for black um entertainers mm-hmm. because they couldn't uh go to the white they couldn't go to the white club right. so to so, to so Vince senior Vince senior told me that he got that that his biggest draw was Fat Domino he said he made most, most of the money he got to buy to wrestling he got he he made from Fat Domino that's awesome so Fat Domino made you rich <laughs> you ugly goose deck looking ass The the artwork that you drew with Andre behind you, what uh-huh. was that? Uh, it was in the Meadowlands. Okay, that was that match I was talking about. Me and Andre was tagged up against Big John. That was Jump. that show. Yep. That was okay. that. That was that. That was that. <laughs> uh, that was uh, 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 that. Show right there. So, yep. Yeah, uh, most promoter do have the old time promoter they have feeling for a wrestler. I mean, they went around and they did things, you know, to make. Uh, to help wrestlers and their family and stuff like that. You look at all the wrestlers that ever went through uh, WWF, WWE, where they get flat on their luck. There's no program set up for these guys. I mean, if you don't save your money uh, while you was making it, you know, you're just out of luck, you know. But a promoter can't have feelings for wrestlers. I mean, I think his father did. His father was very, he was a gentleman. He was a man, a man of, of, his, of his word. Now Vince Jr., I don't think he know the truth if it bit him in the ass. <laughs> Prime example. I was there with WWF uh, at Sabah Simba. Saba Simba. And I get the booking sheet, and my name is not on it. So me and Black Bob, Black Bob, tell the same story. If I use his name. You can ask him and go tell the same story. We were to talk to Vince Junior, and found out why our name was not on the uh, the booking sheet. So he said, "Oh, don't worry about it. There been a mistake. That everything y'all just as much a part of this business as anybody. You just as much a part of this business as anybody." So I said, "Oh, okay, good." He said, "By the time you get home, your new booking sheet should already be in the mail." So I get home. My wife, Monica, uh, said, hey, you got some mail from the office. She called it the office. Mm-hmm. So I open up the mail. It was from Pat Polly. Your service is no longer needed. Wow. Vince could look you right in the face and lie so easily. He never had the kahunas. What do you call kahunas?
1: Balls. Balls. In, in, in Puerto Rico, it's huevos for eggs. cray
2: To to tell you, he can't face you face to face. Let's put it that way. Everything he do got to be behind your back. He would smile and grin in your face. But he don't have the kahunas to talk to you mono on mono. He he don't have that. He can't do that. He would tell you, you're the greatest star you ever seen. You got a job. You got nothing to worry about. And as soon as you walk away you go to the go to one the book of palace somebody says get rid of him you know then when Pat Pason died nobody nobody cure Palliser must have destroyed so many wrestlers career mm. a lot of pet Pallson was lower than a a snake he he could walk underneath a snake without bending over who? Pat Pouser. He was a scumbag. Oh, I thought that was Vince. No, Pat Bowser was a creep. That's why Vince made him the booker. Oh, okay. He was a complete scumbag. I mean, he hurt so many guys' career. You know, he fired guys because he, guys wouldn't let him play with him. Nobody want that little funny-looking thing playing with their pecker. You know, let me play with your pecker or I'm going to fire you. He was running around doing this stuff. Virgil used to go in the dressing room. Virgil made a lot of money off of Pat.
1: I heard that's how he got his job.
2: Yeah, Virgil going to the shower, he'd take that long thing up here that's swinging around like this, and Pat would go to the shower. <laughs> Look at that Virgil Pepper. Virgil had something that freaking long. He was swinging around like a. Like a helicopter. What, yeah, like a helicopter or something. Old Pilots are all of a sudden virgin and making all that money. <laughs> you know, yeah yeah, I I, I knew what they they, they were doing. They, 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 were, they were messing with all them little young boys and stuff. Pat got in trouble. But them, them young kids and and, and if they, him and uh one name uh Mel Phillip. Yeah, But Fuller didn't mess with Fullop like me, he had a, a foot fatted, but he had a foot fatted for little boys, you know. Yeah, so so Vince, you know, he uh he's not a good person. He's not—he's not a good person. There. But it's hard, I guess, for him to be a good person and run that type business. Mm-hmm. So I guess he has to be a hard ass. But the part that, that gets me about him—why he got to be a liar and a backstabber? He should be—he should man up. When you fire, he do it on TV. Yeah, fine, but that's only on TV. Right. He won't do it in person. Right. That's all the that. app. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he do that on TV That's But what, is that why he embellishes so much on T V? Yeah, yeah, because he get on TV and then he pretended to be somebody 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 not. In real life he's a he's a wimp. He couldn't whip away a wet paper bag. Danny David kept from getting beat up one night I was with the guy. He went to this bar went in this hotel to check in and we sat in the car and Vince got in an argument with some guy at the uh, in the in the lobby. And a lot and the guy saw him beat Vince ass. Danny Davis went in to help Vince. He he cleared, cleaned the guy clock. Years later, Danny Davis shot. needed some money to pay his liquor bill. He called Vince said, Vince, I need I need two hundred dollars to pay my liquor bill. else they're gonna turn my lights off. Vince a uh, Linda McMahon told Danny Davis, said, Well, how am I gonna get that money back? Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's them. They wouldn't get a shred off their ass if you was on fire. Any more questions on that? I got one on my own that I, I put
1: this out myself today. Okay, what up? Just a real general one. This is from Anthony Mark Balkus. What was your favorite memory or memories in the WWF?
2: WWF. Well, you see, when you say WWF, my, my best one was not in the WWF. Was it? My best one was in the WWF. WWF, I was Saba Simba. Okay. See, I never worked the WWF except for Saba Simba Oh, okay, I thought they changed That was uh, It was, changed earlier than that No, 85, yeah oh, okay. But I didn't I go sure. back until 1990 and do Saba Simba I thought it changed before 85 Yeah, right. but, but, I, but, but I didn't I, I got no good memories of it That's when he would job me out and everything and, and I ended up going to uh, Verandanya mm-hmm. So I, I don't have any good memories Of the WWF WWF, yes WWE, yes. WWF, no. You have one good one. What? Paid the house. Who?
1: Paid for your house. Yes, you did. Got you back on your feet. No, that was
2: WWE. W- when you were Sabasimba, Simba, didn't you? No, it was all. That was all WWE. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then I went WCW. Oh, did, okay. After that, I teamed up with Cactus yeah, Jack. Yeah, yeah. Being a barbarian, and that's right. Yeah. Yep, yep. That was all WWE. That was a lot. No. Vince ain't never did nothing. Everything that was done for me was done by Vince Senior. Okay. After Senior left, I I was on the the shit list, shit list from, yeah. with Vince ever since. Vince never used Tony Atlas. Never used Tony Atlas. Tony Atlas never worked for Vince. Wow. He always tried to make me something I'm not. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't let Tony Atlas work for him. Right. It was the laughing guy or the the, men uh, Africa, now, a the mentor. Africa, a mentor, a manager, everything but Tony Atlas, the wrestler. Right. Vince never used Tony Atlas. Vince Jr. Vince Sr. used Tony Atlas, but not Vince Jr. But before y'all get more across, that, one thing I want to show people because the New Year's is coming up. Yeah, so I want to show something that, that I found the other day. First, read that off to Larry, what it said. Y'all listen to old Larry here. It says, So you want to become a wrestler? You may read the whole
1: thing? Yeah. All right. Many young men would like to try their hand at professional wrestling, but only a few ever make it. Just a few weeks ago, the young man you see pictured on these pages stepped into his first professional wrestling match. Tony White trained for many long hours over a seven-month period to reach that point. But that's not where his wrestling career started. Tony has been involved in wrestling for nine of his 21 years. He had his first training in junior high school at age 13. From there, he went on to wrestle for Roanoke, Virginia's Patrick Henry High School and won the state unlimited class title. At six two, two 245 pounds, Tony has the size to make it big as a pro. He has the drive of a bull and no wonder as he was born under the sign of Taurus. Tony was tagged with the nickname of Tony Atlas by his fellow wrestlers you only need to look at those granite carved muscles to see why he has benched excuse me he has bench pressed a top weight of 580 pounds as his pro wrestling career progresses he wouldn't find much time for his hobbies of drawing and hunting but hopes to be able to carry on his work with children as he was once a vista volunteer things are looking good for tony But it doesn't come easy, and as you look at the pictures on these pages, you'll see why. Do you still want to be a professional wrestler?
2: (laughs) That's what he just got through reading. That's me before I stepped into the ring and how we used to train. That bag I got here, that's my old Patrick Henry High School bag. And then I'm on the dip bar there. I used to do leg, uh, leg lifts. That's how I used to work my stomach. I hold myself up and lift my leg up. As you can see I'm bench pressing. And this is the guy that got me started, Sandy Scott. See, we it. we I'm doing a set out. Then I got him in rough reposition. We did bridges for our net. That's me and old Sandy working out. And I thought this was a great, great thing I got here. Where did this come from, Tony? It was Oliver magazine there. That that uh 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 of uh, Mid a magazine, right. and somebody sent it and asked me to uh, uh, to to sign the magazine. So this was a center page. So I decided, hey, I'm I'm going to keep that because this is Tony Atlas before before he stepped into the ring. That's a young kid there. Now the picture was taken about two years before the article came out. And what they would do, they would do things, but they would not put things out right away. They want to see how you work out. They want to see how things was, was going to work out for you. They want to make sure that you wasn't going to quit. Hey. They want to make sure <laughs> <laughs> that 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 you are you are not going to quit the business or well, something like the, that. have many ears, Tony? They got big. <laughs> I know. I look like Spark, huh? <laughs> but anyway, is that all the questions, Larry? For tonight, I have one
1: more that's come in. Okay, we got one more question. This is from Stevie Couture. He says, do you have any stories of your friend S.D. Jones?
2: I don't know how you can. S.D. Jones. I mean, we travel all up and down the, the highway. But there's one story that it, it, that I want to tell. 'Cause it included Rocky Johnson too. When that S D had a nickname, they call him bike. Because the guy raced him one time, the guy was on a bike, S D was on foot, S D beat him. Oh my lord. Call him bike. Me and S D used to go to the gym together and S D was an amazing person. S D bench pressed four hundred pounds, but he could incline four hundred pounds too. Wow. I used to squat four or five hundred pounds. S D used to squat, four or five hundred pounds. I know, and uh, we tried to get SD, to one to help me to get started. And one time, this is a real good story about SD, when Vince first fired me from uh, before I went to AWA, work for Vern Gagne. Uh, they asked uh, SD said, somebody, SD would talk and said, yeah, Tony is staying at my house now. So first, he would, he got ribbed a lot. Everybody started teasing him. Hey, you let that Atlas stay in your house. You're out of town. He's there with your wife. Uh, you know, something going on. And he said, I trust my wife. I know my wife. I, I trust my brother. So they kept teasing him to try to get me kicked out. That didn't work. So one day, Vince, not Vince Senior, Vince Junior, told S.D. Jones, you kick Tony Atlas out your house or I'm going to fire you. What? S.D. came home and told me. And S.D. said, well, I told him I could not kick my brother out. So I said, well, S.D., don't worry about it. She called S.D.'s wife, Kate, wanted me to come and stay at the house because I was staying in the hotel. I was spending like, at that time, five, six hundred dollars a week while I was waiting to go to AWA to work for Vergania. So she said, you need to save that money. So when you travel, why you come and you can stay here? For the couple of weeks you got, so I went to stay at SD's house for a couple of weeks, and then Vince threatened SD if he didn't kick me out the house. Vince said that he was going to fire SD, so I told SD, I said, SD, I would leave and go back to the hotel. Don't you sacrifice your job uh, uh, for me? So uh, I said, and so SD had a friend that was sitting there, and they were, we just call him Bigfoot. He was probably about six four, but he had these side... 13 or 14. <laughs> big ass, big ass feet like this, you know. So they call Bigfoot because these big old feet. So Bigfoot said, "Well, he's only be here for about a, about another couple of weeks. We'll be going to uh, 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 Minnesota. and work for Vern. So I went to stay at, at at uh uh uh, your, uh Bigfoot. Bigfoot House. Yeah, stay Bigfoot House. And then SD was able to keep his job, but they were going to fire him. And, and I wasn't even around the business then. Wow. So yeah, and uh, I think SD was. One of the guys that are, uh, one of the guys that are that that was underrated, didn't get uh, the break that he should have gotten into uh, uh, uh in wrestling and and everything. But uh, we only got a couple more minutes left in this segment. But I don't know how much you people enjoy some of these conversations and some of these stories. Wrestling have been a a great great. Career for me, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. With all the ups and down, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change a thing. Uh, maybe something, <laughs> yeah, a few things I would change, but 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 not much. I, I'm I'm pretty content uh, with my life. Uh, when I first started in the business, they said, you have a uh, 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 if you finish this business on it, and you have one friend, consider yourself lucky. Well, I feel very, very lucky because I don't just have uh, uh, one friend. I got many, many, many friends. I'm gonna ask Larry to show me something. Get that picture of the Orton, Larry. It should be yep. buried on there somewhere that I just uh, drawn. I just yeah, 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 yeah. A picture. I'm gonna tell y'all. I'm gonna tell y'all this story. I just did this for a good friend of mine. This here is Bob Orton Sr. That's Bob Orton Sr. That is his son, Barrio. Now, Barrio didn't become a big star so much in the USA, but he was a big star in Canada. And right next to him, of course, is Randy Orton. And then that's Bob Orton. So here's the whole Orton family. Here's the father, Bob Senior, and here's the two sons, grandsons. No, this is this is the son. No, 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 that's his son. Those are grandsons. No, no, Bob, Bob is his son, and Barry is Bob's brother. Oh, 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 the, oh, oh I. Get Randy that. is ah, the grandson. I'm sorry, Randy is the grandson. Yes, Th- this is his. This is Randy's grandfather, yes. and these are his uncle. I mean, this is his father. It's Randy's father. And that's Randy uncle, That's Barrio. That's Bob, brother. See, and I just did that for him. Well, what I would do with wrestlers, I would send them a print, and I would ask them to uh to sign a for me. So Bob, being the guy he is, he's uh he signed the print for me. Barrio, I mean Randy, signed the print for me. But then he something me the written back. I said, Bob, the written for you and Randy. Oh, okay, okay. Thank you, Tony. So I have to be on the pitch about the great wrestling family. Now, I'm gonna be showing y'all more family portraits that I've been doing of wrestling. I'm working on them, the Minnesota Red Crew, and guys that made a life of this business. So this is Randy Grandfather. That's Randy's that that Randy father, and that's Randy Uncle. And that is The Cobra ran it. And once again, we want to say Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year.